Welcome back, guys, gals, and non-binary pals to the next episode of Dick Rogers Space Detective. So, in case you didn't catch the last few episodes, Joanna has gone to live her best life in Kentucky with, like, a dozen cats. Jealous. So, for today, it's just me and Skeevy Mike now. I thought we had gotten past the whole Skeevy Mike thing. Sorry, I'm just so used to Joanna being here in the driver's seat and just interjecting here and there. I mean, it was different having Daniel here last month, but with just you and me today... Yeah, it's definitely going to be an adjustment doing the show without her. You know, I never even really listened to podcasts before we started working on this one. Oh, I've been into podcasts since you actually had to download them onto your iPod to listen to them. (laughs) I never had an iPod, but my grandma got me a Zune for Christmas one time. But when I brought it to school in January, I got laughed out of the cafeteria. I never understood the hate for the Zune. Sure, it wasn't as hip or trendy as the iPod, but you had so many more options like Odd Vorbis and Flack. I always thought the sound quality was way superior. Wow. Oh my gosh, check this out. Did you know there's a whole subreddit of people who are still using Zunes? Holy crap. There's someone on here who put a 128 gigabyte hard drive and wireless charging into an old Zune? <laughs> wow. That one's just like my old Zune. I wonder whatever happened to that. There are so many people who are upgrading and modifying old MP3 players these days. I almost dropped a couple hundred bucks on an upgraded iPod last year. Until I realized it was basically only for nostalgia, and I probably would have just kept streaming everything on my phone so I didn't have to plug it into a computer to load a new podcast episode every couple days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Hey, look at this. They want $175 for the Zune, and it hasn't even had the battery replaced. Oh, yeah, you know, we should probably get to talking about the episode. Oh, right. Uh, yeah, the podcast. Uh, oh, the one we're currently recording. So, um, someone sent me a DM a couple weeks ago saying what a big fan of the podcast they were, and that they had stumbled upon a script from an episode of Dick Rogers from the 70s. Wow, that's way easier than all the digging and research we usually have to do to contact former radio station employees or their surviving family members. Yeah, they emailed me scans of the script pages and poof, we're ready to go. Easiest episode ever. And about the episode? Did you send me your notes on it? Oh, shoot. I guess I forgot. Well, I never really understood why Joanna spent so much time describing the episode before we played it anyway. So, yeah. This episode is called Dick Rogers and the Case of the Ravaged Room. And we'll pick up the plot as we go along. Okay, here we go. Welcome back, ladies, gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, to a stunning new episode of The Adventures of Dick Rogers, Space Detective. I'm your host, Danny Johnson, here to present to you a brand new mystery. This week, Dick got an urgent call from the GIF office to come look at the crime scene. When he got there, he couldn't believe the chaos. This is Dick Rogers and the Case of the Ravaged Room, brought to you by our episode sponsor, Street Fashions USA. When you want cool blue jeans, there is no better place to go than Street Fashions USA. We have the best jeans at the best prices. Also, we have cool underwear. Check it out today. And now to the mystery. It was a strange phone call. The GIF office wanted me to look into an apparent suicide that had taken place at an apartment on Hill Street. I'm no stranger to grisly murders, thefts, even the occasional investigation of a lured affair. But I didn't often get the call for suicides. When the GIF says jump, you gotta get out your rope and skip it. So I drove to the apartment to see what the mystery was. The place was all messed up. Whoever had been there had broken every breakable and thrown the rest on the floor. 
I could hear voices upstairs, so I went up the stairs to investigate. Oh, hi. What's going on here? The three of them were kneeling around the body and crying. The kid, the man, and the very beautiful girl. There was blood everywhere. It was also trashed up here. After I talked, they looked at me. Oh, it's just awful. She ran up to me and grabbed me around my body. None of us ever wanted this. We all love Johnny so much. Yes, he was my best friend, at least until the end. We couldn't have known he'd react this way. In what way is that? Uh, Can't you see? He used the gun and he ended it all. Well, all I know is the gift called me to investigate, so it can't be as simple as that. It never is. It is a long, sad story. All of us ended up driving the best man we know to do this to himself. Well, out with it then. Tell me the story. I don't want to talk about it. That's okay, Lisa. None of us do. I could see this was going to be a tricky case, but I couldn't give up. Justice had to be served. I would have to use every space detective trick I knew to get to the bottom of this tragic incident. Okay, you two go downstairs and I'll talk to you one-on-one to get to the bottom of this mystery. Then I was alone with the kid, at least if you didn't count the corpse. He was young, athletic, ruggedly handsome with long, dark, curly hair and a bullet hole exiting the back of his neck. The corpse, not the kid. The kid, now the kid looked like his life had aged him, with short, center-parted hair that looked like it had been cut using a bowl as a guide. You could tell he was really broken up about the death of his mentor and father figure. But the only way to get to the bottom of this mystery was to get the whole story. Okay, so what is the whole story? Tell it to me or I'll never know what really happened here. Uh, Johnny was more than a mentor to me. He was more like my father than my real father was. If only I hadn't gotten into all that trouble with Chris R. and the drugs. What do you mean? Well, I don't want to talk about it. I could tell he was holding out on me. You have to tell me. Otherwise, how can I clear you of responsibility for his death? But he shot himself! That can be faked. What am I going to do? Stop interviewing you to take fingerprints from the gun? The three of you could have put it in his mouth and pulled the trigger together. We would never do that. That is nonsense! Then stop holding out on me and give me the story. Okay. I owe Chris our money for the drugs. What kind of drugs? It's not like that. Then what is it like? It was puberty blockers, okay? What? Oh, look, you can't tell anyone this, but in reality, I'm not a high school student. I'm 25. I would have guessed 27. And I'm just not ready to face the world on my own, so I need to keep myself looking young. Well, irregardless, what does that have to do with Johnny's death? I guess I thought he did it because he was disappointed in me. It was at that moment the girl bust back into the room. Denny, you can't believe that. He was always proud of you. It was my fault he killed himself. What do you mean? I don't want to talk about it. No, Lisa, it was all my fault, too. This was supposed to be a private interrogation. Why are you both coming back into the room and confessing to causing the death of this lovely man? I just would not be able to live with myself if I didn't come clean. It was not at all your fault. I also drove the best man I know to do this to himself. Well, out with the story then. I I don't want to talk about about it. it. I could tell this case would truly test the skills of my detective practice. I realized that if I could not talk to each of them separately, I would not be able to compare their tales of the events which led to this senseless tragedy. I knew I had to take a different tactic. This is not working. I'll have to talk to each of you privately, later, alone. I'll need to know how to contact you. They all agreed to give me their phone numbers and addresses. Lisa also gave me a key to her apartment. I knew I needed to get back to my office. 
My mother would be coming to discuss the results of her doctor's appointment. It was several days later. I had not managed to interrogate the witnesses yet, although I had several telephone conversations with Lisa, who kept calling me late at night and asking me to come speak with her. I did not go. It was too late at night and I had work the next morning. I decided that I would catch up with them all at the funeral party being held at the very same apartment that had also been the scene of the crime. Yeah. Hand me that tequila. Oh, hi, Dick. Thanks for coming to this funeral party. Even though I didn't love Johnny anymore when he died, I really want him to have a good send-off, you know? So you didn't love him anymore? Why? Was there someone new in the picture? Yes, there is someone new in the picture. Very new. Lisa, why are you holding your stomach? Are, are you feeling ill? Those canopies look like they've been sitting out for a while. I'm pregnant, okay? Lisa, I can't believe you are going to keep this baby. You are a single mom now, with no one to help you. There's no way you'll make it. And what about your father's testicular cancer? How can you do this to him at a time like this? Michelle, I'm an adult. I have the right to do what I want. And now I have the little one's future to think of. Lisa, is it mine? Mark, I think so. I mean, one can never be totally sure in these situations, but I think I love you, so it must be yours. Now, Lisa, I understand this is an exciting time, but... Really, I must insist on finishing my question. Not now, mister. Come on, Lisa. Let's get out of here and get you checked out by a doctor. Oh, Mark, stop grabbing me. Ow, my arm, you're hurting me. Mark, get your hands off the lady. She does not like it. Get out of here and cool off. You got somewhere to go? Johnny and I always hung out on the rooftop. Go. I'll be up to question you shortly. Lisa, are you okay? Do you need to sit down? Oh, Dick, thank you so much. You see, Mark is physically abusive, and he's not the father of the baby, but I love him, so I don't want to tell him. I'm afraid of what he might do. I'm my own person, and I can do whatever I want. Lisa, you are also two people now with a baby, so you can't do whatever you want. You're right, Dick. I see now why you are a detective. You solve everyone's problems. I left Lisa with her friends, Peter and Michelle, and headed up to the rooftop to find out more about Mark. Now, I don't love to get in the middle of domestic situations, but when it comes to kids, I gotta step in. All right, fess up, Mark. Are you beating on Lisa? I did not do it. I did not. Okay, so what's going on then? Man, I'm so tired of girls' games. One minute, they are all over you wanting to kiss up on me and stuff, and then, bam, it's all I'm pregnant instead of let's get it on. Hmm, sounds rough. So what? what do you do for a living? I work with clients at a bank. Interesting. What bank? I can't tell you that. Client bank confidentiality and all that. I couldn't even tell Johnny, and he was my best friend. Kind of strange you were sleeping around with this girl, seeing as how you were his best friend. Look, man, I don't know. When I'm with Lisa, she just gets this look like I'm the only guy in the room. Well, as soon as you left the room, she accused you of beating her. Is that true? I don't want to talk about it. Suddenly, Denny burst through the door, and I had to catch a football before it hit my face. Quick, Dick! Catch! Good catch! 
Let's play some football in the alley! All right, Denny, but only for a few minutes. Then I need to go make out with Lisa and tell her I'm sorry. We headed downstairs to the alley and grabbed Peter along the way. Uh, look, I gotta confess something. Peter, did you kill Johnny? Uh, what? No, I needed to confess why my underwear was in Johnny's apartment. What do you mean, Peter? Why in the heck would your underwear be in Johnny's apartment when you have no reason to do laundry there? Uh, well, look, uh, Michelle and I were in the middle of a little fun, if you know what I mean. And, and well, Lisa and her mom got home early and I forgot my underwear. <laughs> <laughs> underwear? Well, that is life. Uh, but look, uh, what's weird is that when I went back to get them, uh, Johnny knew they were mine. Uh, I don't know how he knew. They could have been anyone's. Uh, his? Denny's? Why would Denny's underwear be in? Well, I don't want to talk about it. Peter, are you saying that Johnny was spying on you in his own home? Uh, well, I, I don't write my name in my waistband like you do, Mark. Suddenly, a super buff macho guy strolled into the alley, looking tough and pointing a finger directly at Denny. He was flanked on both sides by other macho-looking goons, and they were all dressed alike. Tough guy duds. Bandanas and ripped jeans from the street fashion's fall tough guy collection. There he is, boys. There's that punk-ass kid, Denny. He's too good to pay his bills. Denny, is this the guy you bought drugs from? Yeah, that's Chris R. and his goon gang. Johnny was going to pay him off with the money he saved up to help the people who were loyal to him, but now he's dead, and now I will also be dead. I gotta go check in on Lisa to make sure she is not having the labor. As a psychologist, I'm a doctor, so I should help you. Now look here, Chris R. This kid made a mistake. He's a good kid, just young and doesn't know any better or how to make money to pay you back like his friend Johnny would have. How much did he owe? A buck fifty. Wait, wait, that's it? Well, I was just a little short and I didn't want to break the five I had in my wallet. It completed a run of sequential serial numbers. What? Alright, Chris Art, here's your cash. Now get out of here and don't sell on this corner again. The goons grabbed the change while Chris R tried to stare me down, but he blinked first, so they ran off. Wow, Dick. You're my hero now. I used to think Johnny was the greatest man ever, but now I see that you're pretty wonderful and tall and strong, too. All right, no need to squeeze those arms so tight in that hug. Dick, you are wonderful. Lisa, quit leaning out the window. You've got to think of the baby. Get back up to the room, Dick. Denny, now the party can really get started. Denny and I went back into the apartment. Denny walking a little lighter and me feeling like there was something I was missing. But what? Hand me the Tito's. Lisa, you throw a wonderful party. It was supposed to be a surprise for Johnny, but he always knew when I was planning surprises for him. I could never seek anything past him. I was never good enough for such a great guy. What do you mean? He was always kind. And did you hear that he had money saved back that he didn't tell anyone about that he was going to use for people who were loyal to him? No, I mean, what do you mean no one snuck anything past him? Oh, he always knew when I tried to plan surprises for him, and he knew before I told him that my dad's cancer was back. He was just so smart. I knew being smart doesn't help even the brain scientists detect the return of cancer. So I knew Johnny had another trick of his well-dressed sleeve, but what? While holding a drink and mingling, I subtly looked for clues around the room. Then I saw it. A little black cable sticking out from under the table in the living room. A microphone. 
Johnny was cleverly recording everyone's conversation. That's how he knew it was Peter's underwear, and also about Lisa's dad's ball cancer coming back. This guy should have been a space detective because he really had what it takes. I needed a reminder that Johnny, honest, caring, generous man that he was, was the victim, and all these people are not my friends. They're suspects. I followed the wire to the recording unit and pocketed it to listen up on the roof, away from the crowd of potential suspects. Hey, hey, everybody! It's your pal Skeevy Mike here to tell you about Skeevy Mike's Parachute Emporium! Now open at the corner of Northwest Avenue and Orient Street. We've got it all! Pre-packed by our certified riggers, you'll fall in love with our dependable parafoils. Certified as master parachute riggers by the FAA? Don't worry about it! They're certified! Looking to save some money? Check out our selection of pack-your-own shoots. It's probably not even that dangerous. Also, save even more with our selection of pre-owned scratch and dent models. Their previous owners don't need them anymore, so we're passing the savings on to you. Excuse me, are you the owner of this firm? Owner? Uh, are you from the city? I'm just an independent contractor, haha. <laughs> I would like to buy your business. I recently came into a large amount of negotiable American currency. That's right, I am the owner, and I happen to love negotiable American currency. Why do you want to get into the parachute business, strange handsome man? I had a bad experience jumping from a plane in the 70s, and I want to provide quality parachutes to anyone out there like me. Well, you have a deal! Hand me that briefcase and Skeevy Mike's Parachute Emporium is now yours! You heard it here, folks! Come down to the brand new Handsome Stranger Parachute Emporium today! Up on the roof, I could think more clearly. A glass of booze helping, too. Alright, Johnny. Tell me what you were up to. And now I'll know for sure what's going on in this apartment because while I'm out working to make sure I have money and a promotion, everyone tramples all over me and takes advantage. I guess I just don't love him anymore. Now I love Mark. When I'm around him, I just get all warm and fuzzy and... I don't want to talk about it. Look, Dad, I'm so sorry to hear the testicular cancer is back, but Johnny said these things are easy to fix nowadays. Do you think you got it from sleeping around on Mom? She told me you... So that's how Johnny knew about the cancer. Oh, Michelle. Oh, Peter. Oh, Michelle. Oh, Peter. Oh, Michelle. Oh... Pete. Come in, Mom. I can't wait to show you the party decorations for Johnny's party. <laughs> Leave the underwear, Peter. We have to get out of here. And that's how he knew about the underwear. This man really did know everything going on in his home. Uh, hello? Anyone home? Perfect. They're out on the town. Hmm. Maybe I'll try on their clothes. <laughs> Oh, hi, Denny. Make yourself comfortable. You know, you really are like a third member of this household, and we love you like a son. Or maybe even more than a son. Lisa, what do you think? Yes, Denny. Both Johnny and I love you so much. You are welcome here and can stay with us in our bed whenever you need a place to lay your head. 
Aw, you two are just the best people and so kind and beautiful and you know I love you both. We do too, kiddo. Hmm, and now what's, what's this here? Oh, uh, more of that delicious drink Johnny mixes up specifically for Lisa. <laughs> Don't mind if I help myself to another swig. <laughs> it tasted so good last time. Delicious! Whew! It's making me feel all warm inside. Uh, hello? Oh, hi, Chris R. Yeah, I can meet you out in the alley right now. Did everyone have a key to this guy's home? Seems like everyone loved Johnny, but also wanted to be Johnny. Dick, there you are. The morgue called. They said we can go see Johnny's body. I drove Lisa to the morgue so we could have one more look at Johnny's body. His body was laid out on a cold metal table. And while it was clear that time was doing what it does best to dead bodies, his still somehow clung to life. Well, there he is. I wish I knew who did this to him. But first, I have to tell you, I broke it off with Mark. He just wasn't the guy I thought he would be when I cheated on Johnny with him. I've actually found someone who is smart and fit and wants to get to the bottom of things. I told my mom already that I love you. Kiss me, dick. Please, Lisa, get away from my face. What are you doing? I'm flattered, but I hardly know you. It seems as though you really are conflicted about who you love. You're right. Now that I'm here and seeing Johnny again, I don't know. Somehow I feel like uh, maybe I still love him too. Suddenly I knew. The warm feeling Lisa had been experiencing. The infatuation with every man she encountered. Strained vibe I was getting from Denny. They had been drugged. Lisa, let me smell your breath. (laughs) I've never had a man ask me to do that before. Like I suspected. Synthetic neuroamor. And a poorly synthesized one at that. Lisa, did Johnny ever mix you cocktails or something that tasted super sweet? Of course. He made me this delicious punch for me all the time. It was so good. And he was the best man anyone could ask for. But you, Dick, you're so smart and clever and sexy. Lisa, stop. You don't know what you're doing. Of course I do, Dick. You're not my first, of course. No, Lisa, you've been drugged. You've been given the synthetic neuroamor. If I'm not mistaken... I think Denny's had a few nips of the potion as well, the way he keeps carrying on. Johnny gave you the synthetic neuroamor, but didn't realize he'd gotten the formula wrong. So instead of just loving him, it attracted you to any man in your general vicinity. If I'm right about this, I scanned the room around me, looking for the first aid kit, opening the case and searching, finally finding what I needed. A portable dose of rapid adren. Uncapping the pen with my teeth, I pulled my arm back to slam the needle into Johnny's chest, but at the last second... Wait, Mr. Space Detective Man! You do not have to do this! What is happening? I thought you had accidentally dosed yourself with a poorly synthesized neuroamor and put yourself into a coma. No, it is not true. I did not do this. I do have to tell you, and especially Lisa, and especially Mark and Denny, did you find the tape recorder I had cleverly hidden in the apartment? I did. I found the tape recorder. Give it to me. Couldn't think of a reason not to give it to him, so I gave it to him. Here you go, Johnny. Now that Johnny's dead, they'll never catch me sneaking this Nero Amor into the mix Johnny used to make Lisa's punch. This way, she'll think she's really in love with me. I just could not let her have him all to herself. 
Now to wipe my taint on Johnny. You see, it was never me. I would not have done this to you. And I knew I would never fully catch Mark in the act if I did not fake my own death. Oh, Johnny. But then how did you fake your death so convincingly? You even fooled the coroners. It is easy to pretend to be dead when you're a vampire. Johnny, you're alive. I'm pregnant with your baby. I thought it was Mark's. Johnny, speak to me. Are you okay? Lisa, I love you. Without you, I'd be nothing. As they embrace, I slowly backed away. Without a dead body, I had no reason to be there. As I returned to my hover car, I was left with more questions than answers. Who was the father of Lisa's baby? Was she even pregnant? Is Denny ever going to get a job? But my final question as I drifted into the hover lane and cruised back to my office was this. Who owns the story of the dead when they are no longer dead? Thank you, dear listeners, for joining us for another adventure of Dick Rogers Space Detective. This is Danny Johnson wishing you the greatest of days for the rest of your day. And before we go, we have another ad from our generous sponsor. Head to Street Fashions USA and get yourself our new Flavored Coopers in flavors like chocolate, strawberry, banana, cucumber, peanut butter, kiwi, bratwurst, cheese, zucchini, sauerkraut, pizza, raw potato, taco bell, meatloaf, baked beans, zucchini again, but like the ones that get all curly and stuff, tuna, hot sauce, horseradish, Sweet corn. No, 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 no. That one didn't make the cut. Candy corn, maybe. Seriously? Those didn't hit the market, did you? need to talk about Peanut butter. Coconut. Whipped cream. The only place to get your flavored Coopers is Street Fashions USA. weird yeah it was not at all what i was expecting it was kind of bad did they not edit or proofread wait wait stop the podcast what you can't record this episode it's fake i can prove it i mean i believe it but it's too late we just uh, finished the episode what yeah it was kind of awful like someone was writing a bad fanfic or like what was that awful movie The Room? Yeah, that's the one. Like, The Room fanfic. And then they made it a Dick Rogers script just to, like, get it into people's ears. Yeah, I uh, actually found a Reddit thread about it. They were giving odds on whether we'd fall for it or not. Was it at least a popular thread? I mean, there were a few people discussing it. Honestly, most of them were there from the Room subreddit, so I'm not sure anyone actually knew what Dick Rogers was. (sighs) Sounds about right. But, hey, I guess there's at least a few more people who have heard about the podcast now. There is at least one person on there who said they had checked out the show and thought it was pretty good. Well, I guess we need to do more cross-promotional marketing, then. Speaking of marketing, hit him with the handles. We're on Facebook at Dick Rogers Pod, on Instagram at Dick Rogers Space Detective, and Twitter at Rogers Space. And you can join the nerds on Patreon at patreon.com slash space underscore detective. And make sure to join us for your next dick appointment. Same space time, same space place. 
This episode's nerds are Angela Ventress as Eleanor, Denny, and Brooke Shields. Michael Storm as Mike Nutley, Mark, and Ski V. Mike. Nicholas Johnson as Danny Johnson and Johnny. Logan Wright as Dick Rogers. Brittany Stone as Lisa and Evangeline Woodward. Andrea Lang as Michelle. And Jacob Herman as Peter and Chris R. Dick Rogers in the Case of the Ravaged Room was written by Nicholas Johnson and Angela Ventress, with commercials written by Michael Storm and the rest of the nerds. Music by Nicholas Johnson, sound design by Michael Storm, and audio editing by Nicholas Johnson. Cooper's. Fashion that smells as good as it looks. Available in briefs. Boxer briefs. Boxers. Or new. Super Coopers. Coopers, coming to a Kmart near you. Banned in 17 countries. Can you handle Coopers underwear? Now in Supers. Today's episode is sponsored by Coopers with their new Super underwear. What is it? I don't know. Coopers, they'll make you whistle as good as I do. Coopers. Nobody comes between me and my Coopers. Ah, what are you doing there? Well, you can stay there. Somebody tries to take my Coopers, they'll end up dead. (laughs) At Coopers, we'll hold our underwear up against anyone's and touch them and sniff them and maybe, oh yeah, I... I like that. Coopers. Coopers. So nice, you'll wear them twice. Coopers' new fractal collection. Finite volume, infinite surface area. Coopers, for the street thug inside you. And also you, who the street thug is inside of. Tonight the Super Cooper underwear are shining bright and white and true Till you take a number two I put my Coopers on one leg at a time I put my Coopers on both legs at a time I put my Coopers on third leg first Your third hand just pulls them up. Because <laughs> he's a space alien. That's the joke. <laughs>